BYU football gets run over in Oregon or out-athleted or what just happened? We'll break it all down on a postcast edition of Locked on Cougars. You are Locked on Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Special postcast edition coming to you on Saturday night. BYU beaten 41 to 20 in Oregon by the Oregon Ducks. And I got to say, folks, my overall takeaway from this, just having uh, watched it one time, I haven't done my film review. We'll have that for you guys on our regular Monday edition of the show. Uh, the biggest thing for BYU is they got absolutely just beaten in every facet of this game. The only really bright spot I feel like from this game was Jaron Hall, and he was able to show off his arm because BYU was trailing 38-7 to at one point in this matchup. It was an absolutely thorough beatdown at the hands of the Oregon Ducks. I know I'm probably supposed to come on here and try and make you feel a little bit better about how things are looking for the Cougars, blah, 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 blah. I don't got anything for you, honestly. They just... Those type of games are the ones that I like to call burn the tape games, where you go back, you look at it and say, you know what, there's not a ton to take away from this, but yeah, let's burn that tape and move on. So the, the biggest thing is BYU can learn something from this game. There are a lot of parallels I took away from watching this game from what BYU experienced when they took on Baylor down in Waco in 2021. Obviously, BYU got some payback a week ago as they took down Baylor in that game in Provo, but what uh, Baylor did to BYU last year was run roughshod over the Cougars, run around, through, and over the top of BYU. And that's what uh, Oregon did, but also the other thing I think Oregon exposed for BYU is they just still do not have elite team speed. I'm not saying the BYU's ever going to have elite team speed because that's just not necessarily been BYU's MO for pretty much the entirety of their at their football program. They've been playing football officially since 1922 and I don't think in the next 5 to 10 years that BYU suddenly is going to become Oregon with the athletes and the speed that the Ducks have on the field at any given time but the thing about this is what happened to the BYU defense we saw put up just an absolutely monumental effort against the uh, Baylor Bears a week ago. Uh, what about the BYU squad that limited Baylor to 152 yards on 52 carries? Is Tyler Batty and Earl Tuioti Mariner really worth that much for BYU's defensive line? I would hope not because if that's the case... BYU's defensive line relies on two guys far more than I would have ever guessed. By the way, there were upwards of eight guys who played on that defensive line. I actually can think of eight off the top of my head that I know played in that game. I would imagine there were probably a few more that played in that game against Baylor. So two guys should not have made the difference in this game. Is Baylor's offensive line not just, just not as good as Oregon's? Maybe so. But the defensive effort in this game, pathetic. That's the word I, I can think of. Missed tackles, getting just overrun, getting out-schemed, getting, just getting beat, playing, playing, just, I, I don't get, where was the effort level that BYU had a week ago at home against Baylor, taking, why can't you translate and take it on the road? Effort counts for a lot in sports, folks, and BYU's defensive effort in this game against Oregon, not good enough, not good enough. 
Were they out-schemed? Yes. Were they out-coached? Yes. But the one thing that I felt was lacking in this game was effort. Did BYU's defense get too high and mighty thinking, you know what, we wouldn't beat Baylor. Oregon ain't got crap on us. Maybe so. But this, this effort, especially defensively, not good enough. I'm not calling out any individual players. Be very clear about that. I'm not calling out individual players. The defensive effort across the board, just not good enough. That goes for the coaching, setting up the scheme. I'm not 100% certain that Oregon, excuse me, I'm not 100% certain that BYU knew what Oregon was going to do offensively based on how things went. Bo Nix looked otherworldly. Yet again, another quarterback BYU makes look like a freaking superstar when they're back there in the pocket. He had all day to throw. He beats BYU with his feet, scoring a career-high three touchdowns on the ground. He looked absolutely unstoppable. If Bo Nix could bottle that performance and bring it back every single day, he'd be a Heisman Trophy contender. That's how good he looked in this game. That's how good BYU's defense allowed him to look. Where were the sacks? Where was the pass rush BYU flashed against Baylor? BYU had four sacks a week ago. This game, zero sacks. A grand total of four tackles for loss in this matchup. I... I don't get it. And by the way, I haven't even gotten started on the offense. So this and special teams even had its own issues. You're tackling a dude on his knees after he asked for a fair catch. He waved his hand and you go and tackle him and give up 15 yards. What are you doing? Does anybody? I probably should stop this recording and re-record this podcast and come off sounding a little more, I don't know, Calm, cool, and collected about this. But that was anything but from this BYU team. The only guy that I felt like that did anything that he was supposed to do or lived up to his expectations or played the way he was supposed to play was Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall showed that NFL arm he's got. Jaron Hall is going to be a first-round draft pick if he can play like that every single game. Hopefully win a few more games along the way as he does that, but the arm talent that he flashed in this game against Oregon, because BYU had to throw it, they couldn't run the football. We'll get to that in a minute. His ability to make every throw on the football field was absolutely incredible in this game. He was on point by and large. I I really, really liked what I saw from Jaron Hall. He brought it today. Did anybody else? Sure didn't feel that way. Now, the issues in the run game. BYU's offensive line got a passing grade, actually probably an above average grade, I felt like in the pass protection side of things. But in the run blocking? Oh boy. BYU has a major issue because they cannot run the football. That is going to kill the Cougars. We're going to get to your comments here in a minute, and there are plenty of them on this. But BYU in this game totaled a grand total of 61 yards on 24 carries. That comes out to a healthy average of 2.5 yards per carry. It's not good enough, folks. The second straight week. I tried to say last week, you know what? I think BYU's going to have a better effort. Clark Barrington came on the show and said, you know what? We're going we're gonna to work on that a lot in practice. I'm not sure what they worked on in practice after that performance. It was a beatdown of the most thorough proportions for the BYU football program. They were outclassed, out-athleted, out-physical. They were just, they were beaten soundly. Like I said, this is a game to me, and I'll go back and rewatch it. I'm going to subject myself to that. Yes, I will do it, folks. I will watch every snap once again, and I'll have my film review Monday and some probably more educated takes on the deficiencies that BYU had in this game. We'll get to that on Monday. But my initial takeaway, not good enough. 
Did BYU drink that rat poison that Nick Saban talks about? Eric Mateos, the former BYU offensive line coach, talked about all the time. Did you drink the rat poison and start buying into your own hype? Not 100% certain, but could be argued that they very much did that. Now, also, is the season loss for BYU at this point? No, it's not. Is the college football playoff out of the question? Probably at this point. But the college football playoff was never the end goal, I felt like, for BYU. BYU is trying to go out and continue to make a name for themselves nationally. They have tried to upgrade this roster and make it a Power 5 quality roster. Based on this performance, they've still got a ways to go. I... I cannot believe, I cannot accept the fact that BYU fed us a bunch of bull honky about getting bigger, more physical in the weight room, and their ability to hold up against better opponents was going to was going to show on the football field. They showed it for one game. Was it a flash in the pan against Baylor, or what did we see, or what did what we saw against Oregon today? Is that more of the reality? Is it more of the same for BYU from what we saw at the tail end of 2021, getting blown off the football, missing tackles? By the way, BYU had two missed tackles. According to one analytical service coming into this game. On the very first Oregon drive of the game, it felt like they tripled, if not quadrupled, that number. Arm tackles, guys just reaching out and thinking they were going to drag guys down. Oregon is chock full of four and five star talent, folks. They have guys that will run circles in terms of the overall athleticism around most guys on BYU's roster. BYU's calling card for years has been. A, to be more physical than most teams. That's something that Kalani Satake has hung his hat on since coming to BYU. And B, they have been able to out-scheme opponents. They got out-physicaled, they got out-schemed in this game, and they got out-athleted. It, I'd like to say it happens, but this was a frustrating one because, trust me, I... I <laughs> I wanted to be thinking that BYU would turn the corner. And then, you know what? They've, they've upgraded this roster enough, and they can go hang with a team like Oregon. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Back to the drawing board. That's what Kalani Satake said after the game. We're going to have to reevaluate everything. Well, you get a little bit of a break next week against Wyoming. Or do you? Because Wyoming just beat one of the more prominent Mountain West teams, maybe the Mountain West favorite in Air Force on Friday night. I don't know what to make of that. I don't even know what to make of the Cowboys. But they got to be thinking coming into Provo, hey, they got absolutely trounced on the ground. We're going to go in there and do the exact same thing to BYU. I know Wyoming's a different uh, skill level and talent level than than Oregon, but they got to have some confidence coming to Provo next Saturday. It, this this was not good. This was this was just it, it, it was a bad performance across the board. The the two touchdowns BYU scored late in this game, they were going up against probably a mixture of the ones and twos for Oregon. Oregon was starting to insert a bunch of their backups. They had their backup quarterback in the game for the series that BYU ended up scoring a couple more touchdowns. So I I don't frankly take a lot from that. BYU drove down the field against backups? That's lipstick on a pig, it feels like. There are so many parallels, it feels like, between this Oregon loss and the Baylor loss in 2021. And... You're going to have to rebound here because, yes, there are still nine games to go in this season. But the tough part is being an independent, and the nice part is BYU is going into the Big 12 next year, is that once you lose a game, guess what? A bunch of people jump off the bandwagon. The, the conversation, oh, BYU season is over, blah, 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 all that stuff, 
It, it, it all exists. And we've, we've dealt with it for 12 seasons now. If you're a Cougar fan out there, you've heard all of those things. Well, the nice part is next year, it's going to be conference play. You'll be able to talk about, okay, the conference race, where can we stack up in the big 12? That that'll change the dynamic for the rest of the season. The tough part with being an independent is when you lose a game like this and you lose it early, it completely changes the whole tenor of the season. BYU, could they reel off nine more wins in a row here and go 11 and one? And suddenly the Oregon loss looks like a footnote versus being a, a big, time issue absolutely but in the moment right now this feels like more than a loss because this means that i think a program like notre dame arkansas heck wyoming utah state boise state they should all be taking some solace in the fact that you know what maybe byu is not as good as we thought that's that's what i'm kind of left to talk about right now BYU trounced USF. USF bar- oh, barely lost to, to Florida. They actually kind of let Florida off the hook because they kind of killed themselves down the stretch. Uh, they went and out physical a physical Baylor team. Not 100% certain what to make of Baylor, even though Baylor took care of uh, Texas State very quickly in their rebound performance. But just in this moment right now, talking about this Oregon game in the, I, I guess in the vacuum of the or- Oregon game today, it wasn't good enough. Up and down the board, BYU outside of Jaron Hall, nobody brought enough to the table. Christopher Brooks, Lopini Katoa, the offensive line, the tight ends, the wide receivers, defensive line, linebackers, cornerbacks, kickers. Okay, Ryan Rico probably did did a decent job at punter, but just wasn't good enough. And by the way, Jake Oldroyd missed another field goal. You have a massive kicker issue. Can you trust that you can get three points at any point that you get inside the 50 at this point? Nope, you can't because he's missed three straight kicks and none of them have been particularly close. Is it going to be an open kicking competition? I don't know. I look forward to actually having the opportunity to ask that question. I assume I'll get shut down by Kalani Satake with a bunch of coach speak about how they're going to evaluate everything. That's exactly what I'm expecting to hear back. But this, this, you can't have this if you're BYU. You want to go into the Big 12 and be a team that is a force to be reckoned with? You can't have performances like this. You need to be the team that went out there, went toe-to-toe with a very physical Baylor team and played your hearts out and won in front of your home fans. Are you not capable of translating that effort level when you go on the road? Did Autzen get inside your head? Did all the talk about you guys being a potential college football playoff dark horse get inside your head? Did you start to believe the hype, the BYU fans, the media, the national talking head out there on these shows nationally were saying that BYU, they're, they're for real. I, I'm left to think that maybe they did, but time will tell. I think we're going to learn a lot about this team over the next two to three weeks for BYU. They've got a very, very tricky five-day uh, turnaround between two games upcoming. Wyoming comes in on Saturday, and BYU has to turn around very quickly for an in-state matchup against one of their in-state rivals in Utah State the following Thursday. We're going to learn a lot about the gumption, the ability for BYU to rebound in this next five-day turnaround span. It's going to be a very, very critical time for BYU to show that, you know what, Oregon, a little bit of a footnote here, we're able to bounce back. You go out and lose to Wyoming, you lose to Utah State, then there's alarm bells very much ringing in my head and everybody else's head if they're not already ringing right now. So, I don't know. I Probably coming off a little too strong on this, but at the same time, BYU's got an opportunity here to rebound from this and prove that this was the exception rather than the rule. If they go out there and put up eight or nine wins in the next eight eight to nine games, okay, suddenly the Oregon game looks like, you know what, maybe it's kind of like the Washington game in 1996 where BYU was 
out over their skis a little bit, thinking they were they were hot stuff, and it was a wake up call for the Cougars. I've talked with enough, member, enough members of that 1996 team who have talked about the fact that they went to Washington that year with a lot of guys worrying about how their cleats looked, or the uniforms they were wearing, or what their individual stats were going to be that day against the Huskies, and the Huskies punched them in the mouth. It humbled that team, and what did they end up doing? They ended up winning what was then a record 14 games in that season, finishing off with a Cotton Bowl season. That's kind of what you got to look at, hopefully BYU responds to this loss with, and that's what I hope that they respond with. But today, it's disappointing because that was just, it was not good enough from BYU on the day. All right. Enough of my thoughts. Uh, like I said, we'll get to more of my takeaways after I have a chance to rewatch the film on our Monday edition of the show. We're going to get to your thoughts. You sent in a ton of them on social media. We're going to get to those here in just a minute. First, a word on our friends over at Bet Online. They are your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including each week's lines for both the NFL and college football. Right now, Bet Online continues to be your online uh, continues to be your continued source. Excuse me for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MLB, Major uh, MMA, uh, Major League Baseball, as I said, boxing, and golf. Head, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action available to you now. That's all courtesy of Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. By the way, you guys actually watching this, I got mad props for you guys because, trust me, I, I, I get how tough it can be to absorb what BYU absorbed in that loss. But at the same time, thank you for checking us out. All right, time for your guys' voices to be heard. I'm going to go full screen here, let you guys see uh, the tweets here on our Locked On Cougars feed. also came into my Twitter feed as well. I'll take down my little overlay there so you can see this hopefully. Uh, hopefully that's translating over uh, as so you guys can see it if you're watching this on YouTube. But our first uh, comments, I asked for the post-game takeaways. Our good friend Amber Roberts weighed in with this. My husband got to cook up a going to have to look up a recipe for smoked crow. That's what's for dinner. She might have been talking a little smack like all of us, it felt like, with BYU. Have to eat a little of that crow because that was a very, very tough loss for BYU. Daniel Haslam at Dan Haslam. Oh, by the way, Amber is at AmberNN underscore. Dan Haslam says, too little, too late. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. It was way too little too late in this one for BYU. Jordan Naylor at JNels21. Jaron is freaking good. Got to stop settling for field goals and running sideways plays. Throw it down the field. Will bounce back next week versus Wyoming with a big win. I like your confidence, Jordan, because I think you're right about this. BYU came into this game trying to test Oregon's sideline to sideline. A lot of east-west action early on in this game. I think they quickly realized, you know what? Oregon's still got that team speed they've been known for, uh, and that's we can't attack that. BYU's never been a team that's going to out-athlete anybody in many respects. There, there'll be games that they will have some superior athletes, but the overall ability to run sideline to sideline, the overall team speed, that is always going to be decidedly in the advantage for Oregon. That's my personal uh, take on that, and you may disagree, but I think today showed that's very much still the case when it comes to Oregon and BYU. Now, Nick Chadwick, uh, one of our GFOPs here, Nick at Nick Chadwick 15 says, sitting in Autzen, it's apparent not having our top wide receivers limits our offense. You got to get Puka and Romney back to open up the run. There's a there's a take to be to be had there. The funny thing about this is think about the very first play from scrimmage for BYU. They go right down the field, they throw it up, and Chase Roberts hauls it in. If you were just to kind of take that one play, you're like, okay, BYU's still attacking downfield. But yeah, the rest of the game did not go. 
<laughs> did not go that way. Uh, they do need to get Puka and Romney back. It sounded like Puka was pushing hard to play this week. Uh, it sounded like he was a game-time decision. Ultimately, doctors said, you know what, still need to rest it. I, I'm actually of the opinion right now that if either of them are able to go, you probably put them out there in a limited fashion against Wyoming and Utah State. But the target really right now is what? Notre Dame? That's what you're really targeting for them to be fully healthy. And who knows? on the status of Gunnar Romney at this point. I, I, I frankly, I, I kind of given up on potentially seeing him. All right, Paul Nielsen at Paul uh, Nielsen underscore Paul says, BYU got flat out beat. Jaron Hall had a good game, agreed on all points there. Need to make some adjustments on defense. I think they drank the hype Kool-Aid after last week's game. Uh, Paul, I think you kind of nailed it on the head there. I think a lot of those takes are exactly what a lot of people out there, both uh, weighing in on social media as well as those listening or watching this, would agree with. Uh, A good friend, Paul Sherrington, hashtag smooth snaps. By the way, let me insert here. I still don't know for the life of me how in the world that Pac-12 officiating crew justified giving Oregon the ball back when their center snapped it into into his own rear end and fumbled that ball. To me, that's a live ball fumble, and BYU, Lorenzo Fawatea, to his credit, pounced on it. Now, there was another play before that where uh, Oregon's backup quarterback, Ty Thompson, threw a lateral, threw a backwards lateral, and BYU stopped playing. BYU could have easily scooped that ball up and potentially added a touchdown onto their tally had they been a little more heads up. That play, the the, the lateral, this, this smooth snap's a separate deal. That lateral screamed to me BYU's head was not screwed on straight in this game in many respects. Guys need to understand, if there's if there's any question of that ball being potentially thrown backwards, you go and scoop it up and make the make the referees make the call. You got to force the action. Oregon was joining on the spot. BYU was not in that circumstance. Now that smooth snap deal. Somebody was saying that the quarterback hadn't asked for the snap. I don't care. That happened all the time. I played high school football. I snapped the ball before my quarterback uh, called for the snap. I got confused and I snapped it. It was still a fumble. I, I, frankly, I. I I have not seen a satisfactory explanation for not a smooth snap from that officiating crew. It feels like to me, and I'd love to be wrong, if you know what the answer is, why that was called the way it was, let me know. And I'll be continuing to look into it to see if I can find an answer for it. But it seems like to me that was completely made up in in the moment. Uh, That's just me. All right, up next, uh, Lifer Jazz at uh, 12 Cougs, it looks like. O-line is overrated. Running game is the worst it's been in years. The defense is absolutely trash. So many missed tackles. BYU is not a top 25 team. Okay, I disagree there. Everyone better try and talk to themselves and getting to hype for the New Mexico Bowl or the Toilet Bowl because that's inevitable now. All right, Life for Jazz. I'm thinking we're going to be a little hot in the moment there because, uh, okay, is the New Mexico Bowl a possibility? Sure, but that's only if like you're really like 6-6 six and six, it feels like in that circumstance. I think BYU is still very capable of winning the majority of their games remaining on their schedule. That I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm, I've got... So I'm a little too glass half full on that, but toilet bowl doesn't actually exist. So, you know, uh, one of those things, uh, the O line, the, the, the run game, it's not good right now. And by the way, uh, we're gonna get to Jeff Henor's comments here in a minute. A number of you, uh, talking about Lopini Katoa should be the number one running back. Frankly, does BYU really have a running back that they can count on at this point? I don't think anybody should be calling for anybody to be RB1. I, I don't know. All right, our good friend Mojo saying we got beat in the trenches. Hall had a phenomenal game, but we especially missed the injuries on the defensive line. Also, what in the actual hell was that snap call? Like, seriously, has anyone done the homework on that? I have never heard that before. 
Neither have I, Mojo. I, 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 I said, I'll be digging into that, see if I can find some more information on that. But frankly, to me, it sounds completely made up in the moment in a Pac-12 ref bailing out a Pac-12 team. I'm going to call it like it is. I, I don't know what to tell you. Our good friend Big Uncle Pooh saying, you're going to focus on the positives. Number one, Thule is a playmaker, such a stud and all over the field. He did leave BYU in tackles with eight of them on the day. So Max Thule continues to be a very good football player for BYU. Number two, the casuals will stay away now. You're going to thin the herd a little bit. I think that's actually not a bad idea. He says, that's all I got for now. Uh, there will be some casuals who are going to sign off on BYU. I, I completely get that. And if, if that's one of you, hey, love to have you um, come back onto the, the bandwagon at some point. But you know, be a little casual if you come back on this uh, bandwagon at some point. All right, I got, a, I got a notification coming in here. I'm looking at one thing. All right, okay. That was just my wife's uh, wishing me luck with this postcast. <laughs> Always fun. All right, JT Lamro, our good friend. Defense got punched in the mouth on every play. But besides that, I'm really concerned why BYU can't get the run game going at all. Our O-line is supposed to be the best it's ever been, but against Oregon, who supposedly is weak on the defensive line, offensive line got beat off the ball, and then he says Jaron Hall equals NFL. There is a concern right now with that rushing game. I don't know what the answer is for BYU. Do Did teams figure out that BYU likes to run that outside zone or the inside zone and have found ways to scheme into it? Maybe so, but... They got to find an answer for it. This offensive line, you're right. It was considered to be uh, generational. I, I, I've been talking about. It. I've hyped them up as maybe being the best of the twenty of of the two thousands of the this new era that we're in this new um, century. That's what I'm trying to say. The new century. I helped hype that. I've got some egg on my face because based on the last two games. It ain't good enough. That offensive line ain't living up to its expectations. Will Durbin in here at Durbin underscore at Durbin Wilson says, "My wife heard me cuss today for the first time in a long time. The fly sweep seems to be going out of the playbook until Puka is back. Does the fly sweep threat open up more of the running lanes? Well, I think the one thing about the fly sweep is uh, similar to what I talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, uh, Will is that BYU tried to go east west with some of that motion early on in this game, and Oregon essentially said, "Yeah, that ain't happening on our watch." today and BYU kind of went away from it. Could they have tried it a little bit later, more later on in the game? Maybe so, but I don't exactly know on that. All right, next one. Jeff Henor right here. Here we go. Front seven got work today. Example, the running backs were able to get to the second level, then our linebackers were missing tackles. On top of that, Bo had all day in the pocket. Uh, Bo spelled a little bit wrong there. It's B-O, actually. And then says, P.S. Lopini should be starting. Winking emoji. Jeff you probably win the day on this one. Uh, Chris Brooks did not look good, but neither did Lopini. So I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I I want to believe so badly in Chris Brooks just based on the conversations I've had with enough people. But maybe at the same time, maybe it's just maybe it's maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm rethinking a lot of what I knew, what I thought I knew about BYU right now, as you can tell. All right, JT Lammer also says, also did missing Batty and Earl Tuioti Mariner make that big of a difference for the defensive line? Complete 180 from the effort and physicality on D compared to last week. I think I addressed that. I, I would like to think that both of those guys being out didn't affect it, but did it? I, I don't know. Uh, next one, Andrew Lord at Lord Andrew One says, I don't want to hear anybody say injuries. BYU lost because the defense couldn't fish t- finish tackles against a slippery Oregon run game. I don't think we made the OU starters punt even once. Uh, I think they actually did punt once in the third quarter, but nonetheless, that's not good enough. Our offense couldn't get in rhythm, and Aid Rod's schemes relies on BYU having a good run game. I would agree with that. BYU does need a very good run game to be effective. It opens up everything else in BYU's offense, and that's the thing about it. it just it wasn't good enough 
for the Cougars. So they've got to get things going here. And I just, I, I look at uh, what BYU is trying to do in they want to set up the pass via the run, but right now the run game's not going. So they're having to rely on the arm of Jaron Hall. He won the game in many respects for BYU last week against Baylor. He played his guts out in this game. None of this, to me, is on Jaron. And obviously he's going to take a lot on it because he's a, he's a team first guy. He's going to say, you know what, we won, we win as a team, we lose as a team. But Jaron, to me, could easily be the guy that kind of looks at the rest of his teammates and is like, where were the rest of y'all? Because Jaron did his job. He was lights out, I felt like. All right, next one. Uh, Cougar Jimmy. Jimmy Dub says, I bet we still go twenty. Uh, still to go 10-2. and two. The defense needed a reality check. 12 was way too high in the rankings. But those are good men out there. They may have to learn things the hard way, but they always find a way to learn and get better. I guarantee they come out swinging next week, and I can't wait to see it. I hope you're right. I hope you are right, Jimmy, because BYU needs to have a nice response next week against Wyoming. They cannot afford this loss to linger. You can't let it snowball on you. You lose to Wyoming, whew, that's not going to be a fun uh, fun thing to break down, I can tell you that much. Uh, Tanner Mortimer's got a number of takes here. Georgia must be a good, dang good team. Well, that's not a bad take, considering they absolutely trounced at Oregon. You're right. Uh, JT Lamro checking in one more time. One more thing, not a smooth snap is a fumble. Come on now. Uh, no disagreement here. Tanner Mortimer, next take. I know it's hard to come back week after week and play top-level football after an emotional game like Baylor, but we're going into the Big 12, and that's life now. That's exactly right. This is kind of a weekly thing BYU is going to be going up against. You can't have one game off, one game on in the Big 12. That signals to me a team that's content to go 6-6, six 7-5. and 7-5. Six, you cannot have that. That's unacceptable, especially for the level BYU claims to be playing at or wants to be playing at. All right, Tanner Mortimer, next one. Oregon running back, look at pinball, the way he bounced off, off the Cougars for extra yardage. Tackle, all, ex- all capitals there. Uh, yeah, they need the tackling. Not good. And then so Jaron Hall is my quarterback. The last one from Tanner here. He is the man. Like I said, no disagreement. Jaron was lights out in this game. That's the thing about this. Chris Murphy, at this point, does BYU go on a throw first and throw heavy, throw a heavy, excuse me. At this point, is BYU go to a throw first and throw a heavy offense? I'll be wrote office there. But it's obvious that Jaron Hall is the best player. And if our receivers are healthy, I think it might be the best bet. Yeah, maybe BYU does need to go where they actually throw to set up the run this year versus running to set up the pass. Maybe maybe the running backs are going to have to be by committee. Maybe you give some guys like Miles Davis and uh, Jackson McChesney a bigger look in practice this week at running back just to find somebody who's going to put their shoulder down and pick up some tough yards. There were moments in that game against Oregon where guys got some yardage, but just there were not a, there was not enough. The running game was just abysmal. Our good friend, Wife for Life. I got my yard work done in the second half. Well, I'm glad you got your yard, yard work done, Wife for Life. Thanks for thanks for stopping by. And then Tanner Mortimer, his finest take here, final take here. Shortest time holding on to the belt ever. Just one week. It's not the shortest time, I don't think. I'm sure there's been a turnaround of a week, a time or two in that in the history of the belt. But yeah, you only held on to it for six and a half days. Maybe not even that. Maybe six days just based on uh, the game times. But really, really tough stuff. Um, all right, next one. Zach Johnson. Ouch. Uh, that's my thoughts. Ouch. Yeah, not a bad take. Uh, Waldorf stories. We lost with a uh, Squirtle crying emoji. Or not emoji. A uh, meme there. Uh, not not bad. Uh, Jason W. Kelly. Jason uh, K. Red Line says, sucked driving hours and being so pumped for that game only to realize we're not a good team right now. It was obvious from the first play that we lost the game 100 times out of 100. So deflating. Well, as I said, that very first play, though, they went right on the field to Chase Roberts. It's like, okay, more of the same from last week. Jaron Hall to Chase Roberts. We, we can deal with that. But 
a tough deal. There's no doubt about that. All right, a few more takes here before we wrap things up. All right, we got poor Semenya at Quatham Maven. Oregon out-prepared and out-executed BYU by a lot. I, I agree with that. Uh, Clint O'Pete, O-line sucks. Half of the O-line effort sucked in that game. I actually thought the pass protection was actually pretty darn good, and BYU actually excels in pass pro. They actually did very good in that. The run game, well... That was abysmal. So I guess, yeah, it's it's kind of, you can't have half an offensive line performance. I guess that doesn't really count. It wasn't good enough in the run game. And I, I look forward to catching up with Clark. I'm sure he's going to address it head on. I, I expect nothing less from Clark. We'll have him on our Tuesday edition that shows what we're looking at so far scheduling-wise, but looking forward to his take on it. Uh, Steven Coons here, really sad loss. Hopefully the defense can get it together. There's going to be a lot of BYU fans who are really down on Elisa Tuiaki. Trust me, I saw it all over my social media. And that's the thing about it is it, it was it was not the right defensive scheme. And BYU, whatever adjustments they made, they were not the right adjustments. There have been games BYU's adjustments have worked on defense. Think of the Virginia game a year ago. Virginia looked absolute gangbusters in the first half. Then BYU goes out and allows just, I think, was it seven points? Maybe even zero points in the second half. There have been games where Elisa Tuiaki and his staff make the right calls on the scheme going into the game, similar to Baylor that they showed last week. There's other games where it looks just flat-out embarrassing because it did not work. Today was that latter. It was flat-out embarrassing because it did not work in any facet. And they got to go back to the drawing board and look at all options. All right, Stephen Coons, Steve Coons underscore ads. Really sad. Lo- oh, excuse me. I think I read Stevens. I apologize. Uh, Clint O'Pete, once again, to be while you buy their own hype, like I said, kind of in my opening stanza there, uh, I, I'd like to think not, but yeah, maybe some of the guys. I, Jaron Hall sure didn't look like it, but maybe the other guys did. All right, uh, next one. Jacob Osler here, uh, Wild Tur- Turkey Farplan, our good friend Ryan Van Wagen, and he actually called into the uh, Zone post game show that I host for my stations. I'll call back. He had quite an epic rant. He went off on Elisa Tuiaki, and and Ryan, let me be very clear. Your your thoughts on Elisa Tuiaki, they're not wrong. Like, what they showed in this game is kind of the, the, it's the, I don't know, the the chum in the water for the Lysituiaki people that want him out. What, uh, the, but it was kind of the back-to-back. The best of Lysituiaki was in, shown in many ways in that game against Baylor, and like the worst of Lysituiaki was shown in this game. It's six days apart. It's kind of crazy how that worked, but it, it happened. And let me be also be very clear about this. I don't think anybody's losing their job over this game. Don't know what to tell you. It, 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 I know a lot of people out there fire Tuiaki hashtag all that stuff. I don't think anybody's losing their losing their job over the, this. I, I I just don't. It's not happening. All right, Jacob Osler, I'm having PTSD with our defense. What happened the latter half of last season? You and me both, Jacob, because it looked like what we saw in that bowl game against uh, against UAB. Saw what we like. BYU ended up winning that game against USC, but they played very very uh, poorly on defense many times in the latter half of last season. A lot of things reared its ugly head in this one. Uh, Matthew Detweiler, as bad as we lost today, Jaron Hall played great football today. Completely agree. Uh, I, that that thing is BYU did what they did what they could do in that in that instance. Jaron Hall played his guts out. The rest of the team did not help him out there. Uh, Mandy Jones, one of our f- fun friends, she actually was up at that game. She's made some new friends and had a great time at the game. Super sad loss, but we still had a blast. Glad you had a great time, Mandy. Uh, Mandy's had some uh, health issues with her father, by the way. Uh, Sending your father best wishes, by the way, Mandy. Hope you had a great time, like I said, out there in Autzen. By the way, uh, there was a video that was circulating on social media about uh, some Oregon students uh, chanting something very insensitive about members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the church itself. 
their student section tweeted out an apology. Uh, but uh, do I expect anything to change with that? No, come on. We're talking about BYU's facing Wyoming next week, folks. Any of you who remember the old Wyoming days when BYU was in the Mountain West and the WAC with them, think of what happened in Laramie seemingly every year. You could hear it on the broadcast if you were at the stadium up there at War Memorial Stadium, the crowd chanting in near unison, bleep the Cougars or bleep the Mormons. All There were so many insensitive things. So a group of students saying this, yeah, it's it, it, it it's insensitive. Let me be very frank about that. And it shouldn't have any place about this, but it's also nothing new. This is not revolutionary stuff. This is stuff BYU's faced before and probably they're going to face again. Okay. All right. Connor Pack- Packham. BYU just didn't have it today. They looked tired and probably was from last week. And in some ways, them being physically beat up after a very physical game against Baylor may have had a carryover effect. I, I would agree with you on that, actually, Connor. That may have very well been part of the- part of the issue. David Hatch. Team looked tired. Similar to Connor here. Especially on defense. Seems like BYU is needing more depth on the line. Completely agree. Uh, Landon Sorensen. Ouch. Nick Lee. Kind- honestly kind of expected it. Just felt inevitable for some reason. This was a classic letdown spot. This is a solid team, but not perfect. They can't cannot afford to sleep on anybody now. No, they cannot. They cannot afford to sleep on anybody. Uh, Jordan Kennard at JKBYU01. Disappointed. I kept hearing how mature this team was, but they clearly did not keep the energy or nor the discipline that they had from last week. I thought this team might have been different, but this team is similar to a lot of the good teams BYU had in the past. Good, but not great. In this uh, microcosm of three games, I would agree with it. The rest of the season will tell us a lot, I think, Jordan, about how good or great or indifferent or whatever you want, whatever adjective you want to use about BYU, the rest of the season is going to tell us a lot about this BYU squad. Uh, I know it's hard to have kind of that that broad view, that 30,000 foot view for BYU right now because we're so focused on the here and now week to week with BYU, but at the end of the year, we'll be able to look back more on this. All right, a few more here. That's actually a really good, if you can see this on YouTube, that is an incredible jib there. Somebody not happy. Oh, Jordan. I'm giving Jordan Kennard. <laughs> that one made me chuckle. It's a person and um, let's just say uh, throwing up, I guess is the easiest way to say it. All right, Ed, uh, Ed, Edither46, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Ed, he says, wonder what Haymuley's status is. Uh, speaking of Houston, Haymuley, not sure if he could have helped with a non-existent run game, but just wondering if we can do more to improve our run game overall. Do you think it's more about playing two elite defenses in a row? That may be more to it is that both these defenses from both Baylor and Oregon are very talented. They've got very, very good athletes, and that may be part of it. I don't think Houston Hamuli makes the difference. BYU's offensive line, like I said, I trust me, I'll raise my hand right now. I am one of the people who was hyping up BYU's offensive line, saying that they're maybe the best they've been in 20-plus years. Right now, I look like an absolute fool for saying that in many ways. I, it just, it, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's going on with that, and they need to improve it. No doubt about that. Ryan Welling, not sure what happened at the line on both sides of the ball, but is not pretty for BYU. Not having Batty and Mariner certainly played a hand, but I expected more out of our offensive line. The run blocking was just not very good. Jaron looked good overall, though. I, I agree with you, Ryan. Thank you for that take. Justin Clayton, who was actually up at the game, it looks like. Justin from Utah on Twitter. Autzen take Takeaways, perfect weather, drab campus, loud stadium, amazing environment. Fans were a lot of fun and very welcoming. They put up with my jawing and were great hosts. That score, though, it's kind of the eyes bulging emoji for those of you listening under the regular podcasting. Justin, you're not wrong about that. I'm glad you had a great time. It sounded like the, the crowd sounded very, very engaged in this one. And obviously, when it's the home crowd and their team's trouncing their opponent, they're going to have a lot of fun. I, I really like that. All right, Tyson Davis. Being independent sucks. One loss in the season is basically over before they could win out, and the experts would still say the 
the schedule isn't strong enough for a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, we'll see, Tyson. I, I think that if you were able to go out and beat a an, uh, Notre Dame team and a uh, Arkansas team, and you have three wins against what was preseason top twenty-five teams, that may be a decent a decent argument. But you got to go out and do the work now because you, you've lost the game. In some ways, the season is basically over. If you were thinking that the college football playoff was the end-all, be-all, that that would agree with that on that. All right, Preston and Corinne Arnold. Defensive performance was summarized by the backyard pass fumble that nobody pursued. Team didn't have the same passion they did last week, and it looked like the fans felt, is it over yet? Hey, that's not a bad take, Preston and Corinne. I think it's Preston mainly that tweets on this, but maybe Corinne does too, but uh, it was a good one. All right, next one. Uh, Alex is a cow uh, saying that, can we get rid of Tuiaki, please? Like I said, I don't see anybody losing their job over this over today's game. It, it's just not happening. Wild Turkey Fart Blunt, our good friend Brian Van Wagenen. What is the argument against building the foundation of your defense on stopping the run? Well, frankly... Uh, Kalani Satake, he comes from the Kyle Whittingham school of defense. The whole goal is to shut down the run game and win the game that way. BYU can't shut down the run, especially in this game against Oregon. They could not do it. So they got to go back to basics. They got to get better defensive linemen. They got to have a better scheme. I'm going to rewatch this game and see if I can find something that screamed to me what was different between that and Baylor, but uh, I'll have more for you hopefully on Monday, Ryan. Uh, but that's a very good point. Like The argument against it, is, there shouldn't be an argument against it. The entire premise of your defense should be to make a team one-dimensional and ideally by shutting down the run and making the quarterback rely on his arm to win the game. One team did that in this game. Oregon shut down BYU's ability to, to run the football, whereas BYU was unable to do that. Guess which team won in convincing fashion? Oh, yes, the Oregon Ducks. All right, uh, last thing. David Ainscoff, our good friend Shorts all year, says, I went to the game, had a good time. Oregon has a nice campus. It's interesting the chance that the fans chanted, bleep the Mormons, and it was okay. Oregon was a better team today. Why on fourth down did we run a swap? I think a sweep. And says, dumb call, is it time to change RBs? Folks, the running backs, none of the running backs were good. So I'd, I'd cool it with saying that the running back swap needs to happen. Nobody, nobody in the run game was good enough. Nobody, not even Jaron Hall. He was great with his arm. Run game, that's a lot to be desired. All right, uh, CoolMo45. It's cool. It's hard to run when you have limited wide receiver threat to stretch the defense. Not having number one or number two is horrid. You may not see either or both wide receivers until they played Notre Dame. I actually think you might uh, that might very well be the case. At least they were left with a cool 1.1 million for that game. That's not too shabby of a silver lining, eh? Well, they did make one, a cool 1.1 million for going up there and getting absolutely thoroughly shellacked by the Oregon Ducks. If you want to look at it that way, I can take that cool mo because they did make a nice, nice haul of cash for playing that game. Uh, Old Max Hall, pain. Pain is my take. So there you go. Uh, one of those really, really tough things. Man, I got we get a lot of takes here. This is going to be a long podcast, folks. We're already, I'm looking at my recording right now. Uh, we're nearing the 40-minute mark. So, uh, standby. I thought we had less than we did, but we got plenty. Retired Bronco. This is interesting. A, a, a parody account, but here we go. Spent the week trying to convince myself I shouldn't be nervous. This team is different. The program has turned a corner, and then that. I didn't think we'd go undefeated or be a legit top 10 team, but I didn't think we'd get pushed around like that. This is a tough one. That's actually not a bad one. And then Jeff West actually here. We may have, act of posi- uh, may, we may have a lack of position mastery. That's actually well done, Jeff. Thank you for that retort. I like that. Uh, Alright, Eric18 my good friend over at the zone says Cougars got outmuscled on the offensive and defensive line. No other way to describe it. I, I I would agree with that. I think that was actually a very very good take, and I I think that's the biggest thing. Is BYU. 
you. They get, they get out physical. There's no doubt about that. All right, uh, a couple other ones here. Uh, Amber Roberts weighing back in. Ryan and I had to take a nap afterwards because we were mentally and physically shut down like the Cougars. Ah, I like that. That's actually pretty good. Uh, last one, though, though. I'm going to give the final word to our good friend Chad C. Clough on Twitter. This one right here, if you're watching this on YouTube. BYU plays Wyoming next. Let's beat them. That's a good way to finish it off, right? Go out, beat Wyoming, get back into the win column, make it 3-1. and one. We'll find out where BYU tumbles in the national rankings. They were 12. I expect they'll probably be somewhere around 20 based on what I would expect, but time will tell. We'll have a full recap of what I took away from my film review on the Monday edition of the show. We'll talk about the rankings. Coming up this week, we'll get you ready for the Wyoming showdown. Hoping to catch up with Clark Barrington. We'll have you covered top to bottom. A big opportunity for BYU to rebound this week, and as Chad says, BYU plays Wyoming next. Let's beat them. That's a good way to go about things. Focus on the positive, and I think that's that's probably the best way we can finish off today's show. So that'll do it. That is postcast for this edition. BYU loses forty-one to twenty to the Oregon Ducks. That was a rough one, folks, but come back uh, tomorrow. Uh, if you're watching this on Sunday, I'm recording this Saturday night, but we'll be back on Monday with another edition of Locked On Cougars. Getting you ready as we turn our attention to the matchup with the Wyoming Cowboys, an old whack and Mountain West rival. Looking forward to renewing those acquaintances, and we'll have it all covered for you all week long right here on Locked On Cougars. See ya.